0: There's only one way to heaven. That's the subject today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job.
1: The wicked and the unrighteous are doing things all the wrong way and seem to be getting ahead, and I'm trying to do things God's way, and I seem like I can't get ahead. What is up with that?
0: Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, Moody Bible Institute president and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. It does seem more often than not that those who are opposed to God seem to be making it just fine. Meanwhile, you may be praying, reading your Bible, seeking the Lord, but struggling to get by. It's a frustrating and sometimes confusing dilemma, but Mark has a good perspective on it coming up in the message as he continues his teaching from 2 Peter chapter two. It's all under the heading in question, Do all spiritual roads lead to heaven? And he begins today by talking about the need to be very careful when it comes to who you're listening to and who is influencing your faith. There's only one way to God. Here's Mark Job with part two of his message on today's edition of Bold Steps Weekend.
1: I am embarrassed at times about what enters under the name of Christianity. I'm ashamed at times because sometimes what I see on TV... The lack of integrity, the lack of character, sometimes among those who profess Jesus Christ or teach about the things of God makes me shudder. And it gives a bad name to Christianity. In fact, some of the things I see on TV are scary sometimes. But yet a lot of people follow them, and a lot of people believe them, a lot of people buy into them. And then it comes out later, the the divorce and the immorality and the, uh, the lack of integrity of handle finances and the luxurious living and so forth. And it makes me shudder and it gives a bad name to Christianity and it makes me say, I'm a Christian, but I'm not one of them. How many of you know that when scandals come on TV about Christians, the next time you go to work and people know that you're a Christian, it always comes up. So you're one of those, huh? I read about you in AOL News. Yeah, I see what you... And I want to say, no, 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 no. You, you don't understand. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but I know nothing about that kind of Christianity. I don't embrace that kind of Christianity. It's not like us. It's not what we follow. It's not who we are. And Peter said, listen... Peter said, many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. That means it'll take the reputation of the way of truth or Christianity and it'll lower it in front of people's eyes. I remember the first time I was struck with this reality. We were just starting out as a church and we were looking at trying to buy a building And we were a small church just getting going. And I decided that I would try to go into a banker and get a loan for the church to be able to purchase another property. And I remember sitting now with this banker at at, at this this particular bank, and he sat down with me and I explained that we were a church and we were trying to get a loan to get a building. I'll never forget what he said because it embarrassed me and it made me sort of cringe and kind of walk out with my head out low. He said, oh, you're a church. Yeah, church. I'm kind of proud of it. Yeah, Christian church. He said, oh, well, the bank's really careful about lending to a church. Said, Why is that? Because they're high risk. <laughs> high risk as in they don't pay their loans. They, 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 they don't follow through. They're undependable. They would rather loan to a business, not a church. I remember walking out of that place with my head solo, feeling like, wow, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that churches in Christianity have that kind of reputation. I'm embarrassed that an institution of loaning looks at a church at high risk. It embarrassed me. I determined when I go when I when I went out of there, you know, we'll, we're, we're never going to be one of those churches. But I hope that I hope that it, it shames me that Christianity has a bad reputation. It shames me that I I believe that that if we were living the right way, that institutions should be saying we love you guys because Christians always pay on time, they're always truthful, they always pay their bills. Yeah, we embrace them, but the the cause of Christianity has suffered disrepute because of some of the uh, shady practices that have been out there. And the Apostle Peter says that that will affect the reputation of Christianity. In fact, in verse 3 it says, In their greed these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has been long in hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. Let me say one other word before I move on to the next point. Listen. If 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 you're watching uh, some program on TV or some program on the radio of someone that claims to be a Christian and all they talk about is money over and over and over and over again and it's never about give it's give to me if you hear it over and over And you see the luxury they're living and then the cars and the so forth and the blatant. And I believe that, hey, people are worth their hire and they don't have to live in poverty. But if their extreme lifestyles and all they talk about is money and they promise, promise, just give to me and it it will. Listen, you need to be very, very careful. I believe finances are important. I I believe we need to talk about finances, but I believe that there's a lot of shysters out there too. And people of God need to be careful about what you listen to, what you watch, and who you give to. You need to be cautious about it. Because the Bible says here that many in their greed will exploit people. Nothing that ticks me off more than the people of God being exploited. And I think we need to be careful about how we give and who we give to and and, and just give, make sure that you really understand teaching and really understand what's going out there because there's a lot of stuff that's done in the name of Christianity that embarrasses me as a believer and that makes me shudder when I see the exploitation sometimes of the people of God. We need to be really cautious and really careful about that. All right. And he goes on and he says, he, he goes on and he explains... For, at the end of verse 31, he says, their condemnation has been long hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. You see, the idea that some people are getting, not only about false teachers, but about the world in general, is this. I've been trying to live for God. I've been trying to do what's right. I've been busting my tail to live in purity, to tell the truth, to be a good worker, to be faithful to my wife to tithe of my finances, and here's this buddy of mine that lies and cheats and steals and doesn't pay taxes and cheats on his wife and works the system, and it looks like he's getting ahead all the time, and he's prospering and he seems happier than me, and his car's bigger, and his house is fancier, and he's got more money all the time, and I'm saying, hold on a second. The wicked and the unrighteous are doing things all the wrong way and seem to be getting ahead, and I'm trying to do things God's way, and I seem like I can't get ahead. What is up with that? How many of you have ever had those thoughts? Come on, be honest, be honest. All right. Well, hey, you know what? You're not the first one and you're not going to be the last one. Peter goes on to answer this and he basically says the bottom line that Peter says is, hey, listen, ultimately they're not going to get away with it. And he goes on and he says, hey, he, he talks about history. He says, for if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, I'm not going to get on and get into all these stories because it take too long, but if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if the angels didn't get away with it he's saying. And if he did not spare the, spare the ancient world when he brought the flood and its ungodly people but protected Noah, and if the ancient world didn't get away with it, so God brought a flood of judgment, even though they were living unrighteous and thinking, hey, we're getting away with this. We don't see judgment coming, but he spared Noah and seven other people, and he says, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly and if he rescued Lot remember Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of the lawless men if this is so then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from their trials and hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment here's what Peter's saying Peter's saying don't worry. Ultimately, the unrighteous will not get away with their unrighteous living.
0: You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Our current series is called Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God. And we'll get back to today's challenge of not envying the wicked in just a moment. First, I want to remind you that if you ever have trouble joining us on the radio, you can catch up on these messages by subscribing to our podcast. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. And if you haven't already signed up for Mark's weekly devotional email, you'll want to do that today, so you can be on the list for next week's delivery of the Bold Stepper Weekly. Start your Mondays off right by receiving these encouraging messages straight from the desk of Mark Job. There's no cost, no obligation, and it's simple to sign up. To learn more, just go online to boldstepsweekend.org. All right, let's get back into Mark's message here today. Do all spiritual roads lead to heaven?
1: Take your bibles, write this down if you if you're interested in this and if you've asked this question a few different times. The psalmist is saying asking the same question. He said surely God is good to Israel to those who are pure of heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped, he says, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said I started envying the arrogant and their prosperity. I started thinking, man, they, they have it nice. Wow, they're getting ahead. Man, I wish I drove a car like that. Wow, it must be nice to have this woman, that woman hanging off your arm. Whoa, that would be the I'd love to exchange lives for a day or two. He said, I envied the arrogant. I looked at them and said, wait a second. It seems like they're doing really, really well. And then he started saying, the psalmist started saying, surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. And in vain I have washed my hands in innocence. He's saying, you know what? in vain i've done this i here here i've tried to do things right and i guess it was for nothing because ultimately look it looks like people that aren't trying to live right are doing better than me even though i've really tried to do things right so it must be in vain they must be getting away with it that's what the psalmist said in malachi it says the same thing malachi chapter three verse 13 through 18 God says to these people, you have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. They were speaking harshly against God. And you ask, hey, what have we said against you? You have said it's futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and by going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant or the prideful blessed. Certainly the evildoers prosper. And even those who challenge God escape. They were looking around and saying, Hey, these people are raising their fists to God and nothing's happened. No lightning from heaven striking them. The friend that says, Oh, so you're a follower of Jesus. Hey, you're a bunch of losers. Hey, look what I do to God. And he raises their fist at God. And you're thinking, Oh, man, here comes lightning. And you say, No lightning. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, please lightning now. No lightning. And then they get a promotion at their job and you're saying, wait a second, God, did you see what he said about you? Did you see what he did? Do you see how he uses your name in vain every single day? And they seem to be getting ahead. God, hello, big challenge here, fire like Sodom and Gomorrah, good place for lightning. (laughs) And yet it seems like they're getting away with it. And it seems like God is not acting. And so these people were saying, hey, this has been useless for us to try to live for God because God isn't really just in rewarding us. They're getting away with it. And here's what God says. Listen, I want you to write this verse down. Galatians chapter six, verse seven through nine. Do not be deceived. Hey, hey, hey don't be deceived god can not be mocked you think you're pulling a fast one on god <laughs> think again you really think that god didn't see that you really think that god is so preoccupied with the injustice in sudan and the war in iraq And the starving children in Ethiopia, that he's sort of like, oh, I know you're out there, but I lost track of you. You really think that you pulled a fast one on God? You really think that you're getting away with it and that God is oblivious to what's happening? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Listen, he says, a man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction, The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, at the proper time, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not
0: give up.
1: See, some of you need to hear that. Some of you need to hear, don't give up. Don't give up. Because some of you have checked Christianity off almost. You say, okay, one more Sunday. I'm going to give it one more Sunday. (laughs) I tried yoga, it didn't work. (laughs) Tried my therapist, check it off, didn't work. I tried Oprah's latest book, didn't work. (laughs) And I'm about to cross Christianity out because I've been here Three months and it's really not working. My life's not getting any easier. There's still trials. Things are tough. I thought God was going to take all my problems away. And they're not going away. When I'm trying really hard. And that guy's not trying at all and things are going well. I'm about to check it off. And here's what the Spirit of God is saying to you today. The Spirit of God is saying to you right now, today, you will reap what you sow ultimately if you don't get tired of doing good and you don't give up. Start reaping the pure seed. Start trusting God. Being faithful. And in the proper season you will reap because listen, God will ultimately make sure that justice comes about with mercy. No one pulls a slick one on God. No one deceives God. No one gets away. No one slips out the back door unnoticed. God is a just God. God knows how to preserve his righteous people in the midst of trial and tribulation and tough time. God knows how to spare you and keep you so that you don't fall away if you persevere until the end. He ends up by saying, if so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from their trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. So he says, I want you to know that the unjust will be punished ultimately. They will get what they deserve. God, they're not going to be spared. God, God's going to make sure that justice comes about. But he also says this: I want you also to know that God knows how to sustain you, protect you so that you don't become a victim when you're trying to live for God, that God knows how to spare you and protect you and uphold you in the midst of a rotting society. God knows how to spare your life and to keep you from becoming, bailing out if you hold on. You see, it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Somebody said, no one's ever had a temptation like mine. Oh, yes, they have. Oh, no, pastor, if you knew my temptation, I don't, but I know other people have had it. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. You know what it's saying? You may be facing some major temptations right now, ready to bail out, ready to give up on God because you think that it's too hard for you to handle. And yet God is saying to you, listen, I know your tipping point. I know how much you can handle and I will never give you so much that you can't handle before it breaks you, before it comes down on you. I will provide a way of escaping this temptation and a way of you holding up under the temptation. Some of you have felt like I'm at the breaking point. But yeah, God says, no, I won't let that happen. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that awesome that God, He will not let it happen? He'll provide a way out. Now let me tell you about a way out, too. Some of you put yourself in your own temptation. You say, well, Pastor, I'm really, oh, Lord, help me. I'm being tempted. Oh, Jesus, please deliver me. I'm being tempted. Okay, well, what's your temptation? Well, here I am at, I'm at a party, it's two in the morning. The music's going. The old beats that used to get me going are there. You know, everybody's boozing. There's a bowl full of all kinds of drugs in front of me. People are making out. I'm there with my old boyfriend. He's getting high. All the temptations I'm saying, oh, Jesus, this is too much for me to handle. I'm going to give you one real short piece of advice. I know how you can handle it, it's called the back door open it, and run. (laughs) Just run. What are you doing at a party at two o'clock in the morning with drugs all around you anyways? Don't say, oh Jesus, help me be strong. Just get out of there. You have no business there. Don't put yourself, don't tempt God putting yourself in that situation. Get out of there. Use your noggin a little bit to be faithful and to stay strong. That's what the Word of God is telling us.
0: Mark, one of the many benefits of pursuing and seeking God is that He will never leave you at your breaking point. He will help you get out. But that does require some work on our part to stay out of certain situations.
1: Wayne, so many times, it's not God putting us in those situations it's us walking into those yeah. situations willingly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Into places that really, really tempt us. Uh, you know, I I greeted someone uh, last week on the way into church, and um, this guy, praise God, his name is Frank, he's a uh, year and six months into sobriety. Oh, praise God. I saw him get baptized, I, him and his wife, and he came. And he hugged me and cried at the front. He said, last night, he said, it was late at night. I was traveling through a neighborhood. And he said, I was so tempted, so tempted. And I could say, he's a big, big guy, Frank. And he hugged me and he was crying because he was so scared of this temptation. But he went through a neighborhood that he shouldn't have been going through Mm -hmm. and put himself in a situation that really tested him. And I, I believe that God gives us the power to overcome Come the temptation, but He also gives us the wisdom not to walk into those places.
0: Oh, that's so true. Thank you, Mark. Don't forget that today's Bold Steps Weekend and all of the messages heard here are available on our website. Just visit us anytime at boldstepsweekend.org. Mark, I don't think it's any secret that we're now living in a post-Christian world, standing up for your faith and sharing your faith. Even just talking about faith can get you into trouble.
1: It can at a personal level, sometimes even at a legal level. There was just uh, recently a lawsuit about being able to share your faith downtown Chicago hmm. that fortunately was won, but people have become much more antagonistic about us sharing our faith, and oftentimes... What we believe in is in stark contrast with what the culture believes in. So there is a place and a need for believers to say, I will not be ashamed, I will not be quiet, I will lovingly, graciously, but boldly stand for what I believe.
0: And Mark, that's exactly why this month's Bold Step gift is so timely. It's a book from our friend Alistair Begg titled Brave by Faith, and Alistair uses the encouraging example of Daniel to help us find the right way to stand boldly for Christ in this post-Christian era. If you're listening today, and if you'd like to start making an impact in today's faithless culture, then let us send you a copy of Brave by Faith. It's yours when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Weekend. Just go online to boldstepsweekend.org to make your donation. Or if it's more convenient, you can give and request the book by calling 866-535-5580. Now, before we close today, I want to make sure you know about our daily program simply known as Bold Steps. If you want to hear more powerful biblical teachings from Mark throughout the rest of the week, search for Bold Steps on your local station or go online to boldstepsradio.org. And if you're looking for more inspiring content, you can also subscribe to the Bold Steps Minute, where you'll hear powerful excerpts from the Bible teaching of Mark Job. This one-minute feature is a great way to get your daily dose of biblical truth no matter how busy your schedule gets. So subscribe today and get the Bold Steps Minute downloaded automatically through your podcast app or visit boldstepsminute.org. Well, that wraps up our time. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thank you for joining us and be sure to listen again next week when Mark begins the next lesson in our series, Bullseye Living. It's a message titled The Man with a Withered Hand and it's coming up next week on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.